0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Today, uh, we get to chat with author, educator, and playwright, Kimberly Barrett. Kane about her first installment of her new Brave Girls collection. We like that. We like to hear about mm-hmm. Brave Girls. And yes. uh, the first book is called Artemis Spark and the Sound Seekers Brigade. It is publishing on World Wetlands Day, which is February 2nd, 2023. And it'll be out through Fitzroy Books and Regal House. And I encourage you to go to Kimberly's website, which is, oh boy, Kimberly, you're going to have to pronounce it all for everybody because the spelling and the pronunciation you know, we're we're gonna have an English French lesson here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so so Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y, B-E-H-R-E, K-E-N-N-A dot com. Okay, so is
0: is the Kanae, is that is what where where does that come from? What what
1: I'm not, you know, the stories are so mixed. Some people say it used to be Cana A U G H. Some people oh. say it used to be. A-Y and they took the A. I mean, it's just it, no matter oh, wow. who's in the family, you'll get a, a varying story. So I can't give you the truth on that. I don't know.
0: That's cool. Well, it's cool. I, I love it, though. You know, it's hey, listen, my last name is Smith. So it's very rare when someone gets it wrong or gives me any kind of, you know, excitement about my name. But um, but really your book, uh, Nancy's been reading it. I've started reading mm-hmm. it. And I think this is so important about youth and connecting them with the natural world. And then not only connecting with them, but then becoming protectors. And obviously your educator background definitely is in that book too. Oh, for uh, so, sure. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what got you started to write, you know, these books.
1: So I was a fifth grade teacher and we taught um, the ecology of Long Island Sound. So mm-hmm. we would bring the fifth graders to the salt marsh um, right close to us. And there are trails and we'd hike the trails and we'd use binoculars and take notes in our journals and draw pictures. And and the kids were just totally enamored with the place, just as I was and always have been. Um, so I, I, I really loved seeing the passion of kids when they would get into nature and, and just connect with it. Like my shyest kids would all of a sudden light up and talk. Mm talk, talk, talk. It was just very interesting the impact nature had on them. So when I finally decided to leave the classroom and go back to school for writing and write full time, I continued my hikes as I do now. And in the salt marsh one day, I heard a little whisper in my ear and it was a girl named Artemis, 12 years old. And I was Leaping forward and making the connections with my students and with other kids I'd worked with in other ways, and myself being in the salt marsh right then and looking around and thinking, what would happen if this weren't here? Because the salt marsh for Artemis, as it, as and the shoreline in general for me growing up and even now is a real sanctuary for her, and so that the story started that way. And I also drew on some other classroom activities that we had. Uh, for instance, when we would study ecology, we would uh, we would research and learn about some ecologists that might not have been scientists or environmentalists that might not have been scientists. For instance, um, Simon Rodia, who built the Watts Towers, and used it all recycled stuff to build them, and he didn't even speak English. And these are still in Los Angeles, I believe they're still Ooh, preserved mm-hmm. there. Um, so just thinking about you know nature and preserving things, and Simon Rodia was um, trying to make his community, bring his community, get together with these towers to mm-hmm. give them something to be proud of. All of these kinds of people. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, uh, Ding Darling made cartoons. He was a Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist that ha- that had very satirical cartoons about nature. Um, just all kinds of people, including you know Rachel Carson and people you would expect.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they would so they would they would they would research those. We would and ultimately they would each choose somebody. And they would have to imperson, they would have to write a monologue written in that person's perspective. They would become that person, they would do debates, they would make a team and decide, okay, how can we use these strategies from these ecologists to save some problem in our or to fix some problem in our area today? So it's how does the past influence the present? They were really, you know, stepping into the shoes of the past and using what they learned to try and figure out what might help save our sound. Our our yeah. sound. So what? I transferred all those. Those all are in the story, basically, because Artemis conjures up the spirits of ghosts and those ghosts leave her clues about what to do. And um, it just proceeded pretty organically from the way I taught it's interesting because it's also kind
0: of a coming of age story where she starts to think for herself Mm -hmm. you know that's something I you know it's like you know her mom's going through a divorce has a boyfriend on the in a hotel on the sound you know (laughs) and so she's having to balance all of that in the communication with her mom but at the same time how how do you know how do I get my goal to my goal Mm -hmm. and and I think fifth grade's interesting because even fourth grade Mm. I know we have this program in the country where kids can go to parks for free like national parks and things like that because it's that age group and then the fifth grade is just right you know a step above so Mm -hmm. they're able to take that excitement and start to do something yeah so it's an interesting age you know for people to get involved but Nancy you're reading it you're an adult I mean you know I think this could be for adults too
1: well, absolutely. I,
0: I, Actually, it, it is. It's one of those books I'll finish, even though it was meant for a different age group that I yeah, I wish I had it when Lisa was growing up, hmm. because I would have given it to her to read and she would have loved it because hmm. she was such an outdoorsy kid, um, you know, growing up in, in parts of Africa. And she was always playing with something in the garden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bringing something into the house that you're like, oh, oh, you know. <laughs> but it, so I think um, this is going to appeal to lots and lots of kids, and I'm glad that that you chose to make uh, it about a young girl instead of a boy. Not not that that would have been anything wrong with that, but just because girls don't usually like to pick up creepy
1: crawly things. <laughs> I like that she she does she definitely does yeah Uh and also girls are i just read a a study the other last couple weeks that in middle grade books i that girls are still only the protagonists in 24 percent of them and the rest oh and then 60 60 something for boys and then there's sometimes dual protagonists and the rest are you know 60 70 80 like 15 percent dual but don't quote oh. the numbers but the, the 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 minority of protagonists are female you and know, even I, in adults i mean the women
0: are always falling down over a tree trunk in high heel shoes if they're running from someone
1: they're always yeah. running
0: in high mm-hmm. heels and falling you know come on and i'm like come on we don't all fall down you nice. know it's it, then we can't kick butt back you know so i think you're you're right on that and for young girls to feel empowered and we're in a in a climate where there's more support maybe for mm-hmm. that to support the girls who want to be tomboys, and I was a tomboy for sure. It's like mm-hmm. you did but the and I battled with, actually when I think about my whole childhood, I was there was well my best friend like Melissa, she was like me and and so there's some like that, but most of the girls were more into princesses and girly stuff, so oh makeup it, and- so yeah, all of that stuff that. We didn't really care like we did for a day. Yeah. And then we did things to our dolls that nobody I wanted to see. I bought Lisa one of those heads, those heads oh. we used to, so she could put makeup on and do the hair. Oh. It took 10 minutes and she shaped it. Well, she, I gave it oh, a mohawk hair. Hair. and I made she it, it a mohawk. She Uh became a punk, but (laughs) in my defense, we just moved to England. It was the height of the punk era, (laughs) and so I saw what was going on. I'm like, no, she's not going to look like that. We're (laughs) making her into a punk, and that freaked out the family. And I, I'm like, no, well, come on, it's cool. was so funny. Put like a a safety pin in her ear and everything. It was cool, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but that's the thing I I wonder about for girls to be able to have something where the inner naturalist and also to inspire Mm -hmm. women. To become naturalist, what do you, what do you think about that side of it for Artemis?
1: Definitely, definitely, I agree. It wasn't in my head when I was writing the book, and but certainly I thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. More in my head was the fact that I just I, I am a girl and I relate to girls that way, so the character came to me as a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope that Artemis uh, I, and I believe both Artemis and Warren, her um, best mm-hmm. buddy in the book. Both have um, traits that aren't traditionally male or female. Um, they have, they're multifaceted characters. Mm. Uh, you know, it, I just don't think that whole classification thing is going on so much these days. Mm. And so I hope that both characters would appeal to all kinds of kids.
0: They definitely both have their own individuality. You did a really good job on that. Because you do pick up books where, okay, here's a 15 year old boy and he's going to do this, this, this. And every time he does that, he says that. And you get those kind of books. You really do. So this is a, a way more thought in it. So, and I really like that because as an adult, I'm going to finish it.
1: Oh, thanks. Me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Me too.
0: T- yes. Tell us a little bit about um, the sound. And, you know, when you think about everybody in, in People may think that you, this is all in Connecticut, right? So that we should bring that up. And mm-hmm. and hey, you know what? We don't get to read that much from Connecticut either. I'm just going to no, bring that don't. up. Well, how often go. is that? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's definitely based on um, places I've been and places I've grown up. Um, I, I spent most of my life in Connecticut, within you know close contact with the shore. Uh, so definitely, it comes from that. But I mean, uh, there there have been plenty of business trips that I I had to go on with my husband to places that had beaches. So um, you know, the, those played in my mind as well. Um, all inspiring, all inspiring. Mm-hmm. This this well, a sound
0: is also really interesting because you start getting in that crossover into freshwater, salt water, and that to mm-hmm. me, we really need to protect these areas. And a lot of times they get polluted. Oh, yeah. And right. so I also, I love that part of, you know, looking at what are we doing in regards to building and tourism and are you know, that's what we do on our love your Parks tours. Look at, it's great to have a hotel, but how is that hotel running? It's great to go on a cruise ship, but are, are we dumping our stuff into the ocean? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a floating city, no matter how you look at it. And there's smaller cruise lines that do better things. So, you know, people have options.
1: Mm-hmm. We can
0: vote with our dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really we mm-hmm. can make those decisions. And I think that's something too, to look at, um, you know, as kids going on family vacations, maybe they can look at it, reading this going, okay, where are we staying? I wonder how, how are you being kind to those that I care about as a kid? That's and right. later an adult. Mm-hmm. That's right. And
1: mm-hmm. And as in, well, as the book suggests in one scene, you know, if 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 the tides keep coming in and the the salt marsh gets destroyed, and mm. what happens to landowners who own the land nearby? You know, it mm-hmm. just floods in. the The salt mm-hmm. marsh protector, as well as being the source of of nutrients for all kinds of creatures and plants, it's it's a protector for the land around it. So, mm-hmm. and the waterfowl, you know, yeah.
0: and, and it, you also sure. think. There's areas now um, you've got to think about like in the Gulf of Mexico, where people have built up on the shoreline, a hurricane comes and uh-huh. there's a big movement to make that shoreline area uh, more into an uh, like a national recreation area. Mm-hmm. So that, well, because we have to do that kind of thing to get people on board. We can't just be a refuge. We have to be able to use it too right. um, to kind of create this buffer. So that it actually protects the homeowners and, you know, the businesses and, you know, infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So if we have this buffer, I mean, that that's a natural thing that nature has given us. Mm -hmm. And if we let it be, when hurricanes come, we're not going to get it as bad in, you know, as if you're there. And we've done, I mean, I remember even in the San Diego coastline, Nancy, how many people would get building right on the bluffs of the coast. And, and, the and, it, and it was eroding. down the bluff, they're falling down and the Sierra club would go, hey, people, you need to it's think like, about hello. selling your land and moving and people would get upset about it. But the reality is, every year here it would come, oh, we're mm-hmm. sinking, we're eroding. Well, my house, fell know, off I'm the not cliff. trying to be mean, it's, but it's, I'm just saying, you know, we have to but, have these balances w- for nature. It's, it's yeah. interesting because those homes were built with permits. Oh, given hmm. many years I, ago, the engineers who said it was safe years ago, though. Yeah. So, you know, I would just say to anybody that wants to build their house on a cliff overlooking the ocean. You better get more than one engineer because it's changing From what we what we witnessed. It's not
1: safe. Hmm. Yeah, it, it really isn't. Here, I mean, we live right near the water and around here. There are all kinds of laws. Mm. You would have to you really have to jump through hoops um for people to to do things um mm. in their homes. So and, oh, and often, often they're turned down when they apply. Okay. So you really have to be careful. And I I mean that's the responsibility mm-hmm. you have if you live near the water. Mm-hmm. Really gotta watch what you put on your grass and in your plants and you know what mm-hmm soil and you know it's not just throwing a paper cup on the beach it's there's yeah. a whole big a whole big lot of things you got to think a of ripple effect yeah it's a ripple effect mm-hmm. every action
0: true. creates yeah. a ripple effect and and that's that's the other thing too with climate change you know being a kid now has got to be scary in a, in a lot of ways right and even for parents and you know, thinking about okay, how do I tell my kids it's safe it's safe to go to school? Like, you know, it's a it's a it's a weird time frame for, for kids. It is. It and is. um and it's important to to talk about and, and but I think the role of writers and what you're doing is giving these kids some empowerment to to do versus sit back and be fearful.
1: That's exactly you've hit the nail on the head. And that's exactly why I wrote this and why I'm mm-hmm. writing the way I write other books as well, is to empower, but also to give hope. And mm-hmm. you're right, I think it's it's a scary time. Mm-hmm. And, um and 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 it's not like kids aren't afraid, they are afraid. So those things do need to be discussed in books, you know. I mean, but- I think there's a, a good balance that can be made. You have to have a little hope. You have to show some um, ways of becoming empowered to kids through the story. And it just, as you brought up, Lisa, it's it's a great way to open a discussion about mm-hmm. what's on because we've got to talk about it.
0: Mm, oh, we do, for sure. Ooh, so what about book clubs? You know, we're always thinking of book clubs and it's ladies sitting around drinking tea or or sherry or wine. Your wine. And, uh, right. I'll go for the wine. You know, we do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for kids, do you see book kids clubs book being, clubs. I mean, like a, a book club, maybe even parents and kids together with authors discussing these things and even using it as a community because you talk about the brigade, which I love, because it means mm-hmm. teamwork.
1: Yes, And that means mm-hmm. you're
0: not trying to save the world on your own. You don't have to ha- carry the world on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You can do this with your friends. You know, some aren't going to be part of it, but some will. So that's another whole skill set to learn at that age is teamwork and, and delegation and working together and, you know, all of that. And, and you're going to win some, lose some, and it's easier to win mm-hmm. uh, together. It's more fun. But if you lose, at least you have solace together,
1: exactly. you know,
0: exactly. so I think I love that part. So the well, book club, teamwork, more, teamwork.
1: I would love to see yep. family book clubs these days. Yeah, that would I, be awesome. I think, I think like the mother daughter ones, like you mentioned, or you mm-hmm. know, parent child, or whatever. Um, but I do love the idea of a community read, um, mm-hmm. community group. And and you know, one of the things with the whole feeling sort of hopeless and scared, um, yeah, your voice is just one voice. I'm saying it, you know, to a child, mm-hmm. your voice is just one small voice, but one way, and even to an adult that's feeling de- despair when, when you join voices, the power of joined voices is just supreme. I mean, that's, that, mm-hmm. that will help with the despair. And like you mm-hmm. said, Lisa, if, if things don't work, you know, failure does happen. Um, you, you have, you have people to boy you up, you know, if you're part of a group, mm-hmm. of which I love, I love that idea.
0: And failure yeah. leads to success because you have to look, mm-hmm. okay, what went wrong? What did I miss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can I do next time? And she starts off I mean, your book starts off with that. Yeah. yeah. The very beginning of her being mm-hmm. scared about speaking and how yeah. to, you know, that, and and as a kid, I mean, oh gosh, we just did an interview yesterday. Yeah. I was talking about how I was the most fearful public speaker to even say who I am. You would mm-hmm. never believe it, but it's really true. The sweaty mm-hmm. palms, all of it. And um, I think as kids, you, you have that. And when you get behind something that you really love, it helps you move past uh, self-confidence issues. That's get beyond. If yeah. If you're passionate about the subject, then it's a lot easier than okay, do this book report and you didn't even read the book, you know. <laughs> right. you call, give a report, mm-hmm. you're all like, uh-oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was the same way as a kid. And even as an adult, mm. you know, it's mm. it's hard for me sometimes, except if I'm teaching or talking about teaching mm. kids, you know, that's easier because I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. If it's in your heart, it does yeah. help step up and step up to the plate really and Mm and and
0: speak yeah Yeah. Uh, one thing i want i want people to know about too again this comes out at world wetlands day very important day around the world i mean that's it's Mm -hmm. it's a global initiative and i mean nancy and i can talk about wetlands till the cows come Uh home having lived in different places kenya we we Mm -hmm. talk about this on the show a lot um You know, in Nancy in in Kenya in the late '70s when we were there, Nancy worked with Joy Adamson, Elsa the Lion, Born Free, all that good stuff Mm -hmm. in the bush. And Nancy, I mean, we have a storage unit in Tucson. We were telling you about before. You know, we were. You know, you know that's we have a little storage unit and it's really Nancy's uh, artwork. She's a wildlife artist and slides and showing Kenya back in the day, basically. And even Mm -hmm. when we were there, we at that time we were still losing uh, huge parts of species because of the, you know, the, the less of the mm. great white hunter and poaching mm. and things. Well, in, however, the in- change in the environment. You
1: know, the change of the environment.
0: So wetlands would be massive for biodiversity. Oh, absolutely. You could go to a wetland, a watering hole, as we'd call them. Mm. You'd mm. see crocodiles. You would see, you know, all kinds of antelope like impalas and zebras. You'd see giraffe. You'd see wildebeest, eland. You would see, and then all the birds, marabou storks. I mean, you could see 30 all to 50 at species time. at one time. All at one time. I mean, 30 you know, to 50 species. You have to look because there's turtles, turtle. I call them turtles. Yeah. It's a cross between a tortoise and a turtle. Right. Um, it's just a thing. It'll never leave me, but, um, and then there's the bugs and, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And you've got to think about the plant biodiversity because if the plant life is not there, the animal life is not. And you need the animal poo to make the plants. And so all of this stuff happens. So if you look mm-hmm. at it, we we've got to do something with her her slides to show true biodiversity, mm-hmm. even when it wasn't at its best. And if you compare it to now, you know, I we we know friends who've just come back from Kenya and Africa, like, oh my gosh, we saw the wildebeest migration. I can guarantee, you. look at their photos and you compare them to what mm-hmm. we experience in Nancy's, it's night and day. Now yeah, it's all night like- and day. <laughs> 20 species in one slide different animals today they'll have maybe one or two or five if you're lucky if a couple birds Mm -hmm. you know so the diversity has really changed Mm -hmm. you know which is sad it's a really massive thing too and drought Mm -hmm. yes sometimes there's natural drought and cycles right Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: right now as we talk and record that california is going through this huge flooding but it's going to help the drought and it's really devastating for people in their homes. I mean, and it is, and we have friends in it Crazy. right now. Um, mm. On the other hand, nature's taking her solace, but as we play with the climate change, mm-hmm. these, these places are, we do, we're going we're swinging, we're going drought, flood, drought, flood, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think again, like going back to your book, it's like the wetlands. I love that you're standing up for the wetlands that your book is coming out on world wetlands so day. important. Because it really, they are key to actually all these other, like mm-hmm. without the wetlands, without the sounds, then even the beaches don't work and the ocean doesn't right. work. The rivers don't work. So that's mm-hmm. that in-betweener zone. But um, your book, I know, are part of the proceeds of your book going to an organization, Save the Sound?
1: Yes, they are. Yeah. That's Save the Sound, it, it has a, a place in my heart because um, of all they do for- Um, the shoreline around here and in New York. Well, not just the shoreline, the the shoreline, uh, water, air, and land is is Mm -hmm. what they dedicate themselves to. Preservation, conservation, and restoration. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, my fifth graders at one point made magazines and sold them and and gave the money to save the sound so oh nice we love that (laughs) yeah so it's been it's been they're just amazing and um they're local they're right you know in new haven um and i just i just i'm very very connected with them mission-wise and i
0: want to give and hopefully we'll get them back on a show with you Mm -hmm. you know to come back on our nature we do a third friday nature connection show that I mean, that it's it's, it's it's gone off the hook. Let's it's gone crazy. Like how it, we're doing so much on it. Um, mm-hmm. So everyone, save the sound.org is the website for the organization because we want to give them mm-hmm. a shout out. Uh, so yeah. So I heard that there's more coming in this collection, the Brave Girls collection mm-hmm. this year. So cool. I go not... from one to the next like immediately.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect it to happen so fast, but I do have oh. the second one coming August third of this year um oh. jet jameson and the secret storm another brave girl um ha- having to uh deal with some uh inner challenges as well as oh. some outer challenge app challenges having to do with book censorship um and yeah i i just i'm so excited to have both these girls come to fruition within six oh. months of each other. oh this is excellent
0: this, this is, is nice. excellent. i like so it. Can you give us a sneak peek, a little bit more of the next one, or do we have to wait? Oh no! Um,
1: well, the the big the big sort of topic, you know, we were talking about difficult topics. The the topic that uh, Jet Jameson uh, will provide a lot of discussion about is trauma, childhood oh. trauma, and uh, there are m- several middle grade books lately, and even more this coming out this year. That have to do with um, sexual harassment, abuse, um, uh, you know, domestic violence. Uh, it's all just becoming more common, thank God, goodness, because we need to talk about these things with kids. Mm-hmm. This age. And again, it's a it's a very you do it with a delicate balance. Um, th- there's no graphic details at all, right. um, but there's hope. There's humor. Um, the characters in the book, uh, sort of soften the edges around the more difficult topics, but that is a book that is very close to my heart. And I believe, um, I would love to see that one in book clubs, Lisa, that, um, mm, yeah. it's just something that people really need to, to, to start talking to kids about mm-hmm. And I think better at, it. I think they are doing better that with that in, mm-hmm. in schools or some schools that I've heard of, um but hopefully these books that are are coming out from various authors that are uh, choosing to include these topics in their stories will help all of this i think i want them all children for sure the kids
0: because sometimes you know you don't know what situation you don't know where to go what to do you know and they may get your book in a school library mm, or you know get it on amazon or whatever and Kindle, I mean, kids have access to things that they didn't have, you know, when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. and if they have that, and they can read it and go, oh, okay, I'm not Mm -hmm. alone. Yes. Yeah, number one, you're not alone. I mean, that's the thing. And I think that's a very big lesson Mm -hmm. to learn, especially if you're in a really bad place, a bad Mm -hmm. circumstance, Mm -hmm. and to understand that there's a way out. There's always
1: a way out of everything, Mm -hmm. even climate change, right? (laughs) There's a way out. Well, yeah. And yeah. Kids to know that there are places they can reach out to and mm-hmm. people and adults that mm-hmm. are ready to help you. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, if the book is shared with an adult, it's, it's even richer mm-hmm. because um, it it's, it's, the book can provide a safe place for kids to experience maybe what they haven't experienced. Maybe their friend, they think their friend is acting really odd and, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't prejudge that because you never know what it another kid's story is and mm-hmm. I think the books that I've written I hope that they bring that out let's not mm-hmm. prejudge let's wait until we know the story if that person chooses to tell their story and um, it's a way for a child either as you said to feel that they're not alone or it's a way for a child to learn more and to develop empathy for these kids that are in a difficult situation mm-hmm. and
0: sometimes they don't know that they're in that situation. Mm -hmm. That's, that's another part of it. You know, it's like, you know, you're, you're, it doesn't feel right, obviously, but you don't, you know what I mean? You could be brainwashed. And I mean, don't, that's a whole other, don't even start me. That's a whole other show.
1: It goes either
0: way. You think everybody's like that? All families are going through the same thing, or you think you're the
1: only one? Exactly. Yeah, so you're two of, opposites such a, cl- a good point though it's especially people, it's in my generation that had childhood trauma and didn't face it till they were an adult because they didn't know I mean now things are coming out mm-hmm. and people are speaking and we've got um, a lot of people coming to the forefront whether they're authors or other people that are willing to speak publicly about it but you're right some mm. some children may just believe and hope to believe that everybody's like that everybody's in this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it goes back to the environment too. You're
0: mm-hmm. not taking away the trauma, but it goes back to the environment because yeah, you could be in a family who really doesn't care about it. I mean, yeah. what's it like mm-hmm. to be a kid in, and love the birds? RT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny because Twitter and tweets and RTs. I thought that was cool. <laughs> um, but I you like could it. love, you know, this mm-hmm. certain area and your own family could be out there killing it or what you know what I mean doing things and now you have you know so there's that whole balance and so yeah it's um these things have to be talked about I think that's the way to do it and and a book can Mm -hmm. help you a book you know kids add their own imagination into a book Mm -hmm. they're able to co-create the words and see and visualize themselves so it's it's a very private reading is so private Mm
1: -hmm. and that's
0: such a beautiful thing you know beautiful I can say it but it is I mean to me it is it's a beautiful thing to go through that but the other thing that I think was interesting because you like Nancy and I were both saying you're an amazing writer mm-hmm. and I think your, your characters come to life so in, in just like wow and the scene I wonder like I know you've you've written a full play so did that does that help you to write for kids and be able to because you can't overwrite a play
1: Yes, well, my actually, my studies were in playwriting and then second mm. second focus was fiction. So I had to write a full-length play for my thesis. and that was a I, I, uh, I guess it was an adult. it could have gone YA, but I didn't do anything with it. And the playwriting all came about because I wrote plays with my fifth graders. And we they would bring all that knowledge that I just explained to you previous in our mm-hmm. conversation and write a story about it and then perform it on stage. So with with a play, though, it does. You asked if it in, in, informed my fiction writing and it really does, because when I was writing plays or when I was studying playwriting, I had a wonderful mentor. And uh, she said to me, even if you don't continue writing plays, this is going to help you so much writing dialogue and Mm -hmm. learning about keeping your words spare. In other words, not not using a bunch of jargon and, you know, get to the point, write it. You know, if it's descriptive, that's fine. But write what you need and don't overdo it. And especially Mm -hmm. with dialogue, it really did help me with that.
0: Mm,
1: That's awesome. And I also. Toy, I I have a couple of, you know, short plays that I'm sort of fiddling with for kids. So I might go back to that. I don't know. Mm. See, that's a good I mean, you could do even something with Artemis, like create that
0: into like a mm-hmm. play. And with kids, then it becomes like if they had the book and a play and a discussion with the play like mm-hmm. that just brings it all home. Like, And then then there's Netflix and Hulu. I'm just saying, I mean, it is to go on and on, you know, but you can mm-hmm. see, I love the brave girls. I just really love that name and that mm-hmm. it's a collection because it could go anywhere. Yeah. And I think girls would just, I, I see it being something where once you, I Humble. mean, when you're, when you're at that age, when you start really reading and you start really, I mean, you, you eat books mm-hmm. literally as kids and, and adults, but once you start getting into it, I can see just. You're, you're going to want like a full on collection. And then if it comes on the screen, and then, you know, I'm just saying, get on with it. You know, when I was growing up, the Nancy Drew mystery series. Yes. See, that's I had exactly. to get the next one. I had to. Yeah. Ooh, and the Hardy Boys. Yes. Yeah. The Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Yeah. yeah. Me
1: too. Oh, my gosh. It's I fun know. to think about for sure. It's fun to mm-hmm. think
0: about. Well, you're you're the yeah. next one for girls to go through mm-hmm. things and and understand things and be empowered. I
1: would love very it. Very cool.
0: Very yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. Well, you're a very inspiring writer, and everyone mm-hmm. again. February second, two thousand twenty three is the date, and you can get it now. Well, get it now by ordering online. Right. So everyone goes to your website. You can pre order. And so it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this right. Oh, this boy. is my my language <laughs> test for the day. Go to Kimberly Barrett Did I get it?
1: Excellent.
0: Perfect read that. job.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: And and also she's on social media. Uh you're on Facebook, Instagram. Am I getting this? Facebook, Instagram? Yeah,
1: Twitter. It's all on my website though. You. Yeah,
0: okay. Everyone go there. And I, I'm gonna spell it out again. It's B-E-H-R-E and then K E N N A. So, like you would say, Kenna like i wanted to but like that's not right so there you go uh but everyone keep up with us at bigblendradio.com we hope to have uh kimberly back on the show and also talk more about the nonprofit that you're you're working with i think what they're doing is fantastic so again everyone that website is savethesound.org thank you
1: so much for joining us oh, thank, thank you. you so much it was so fun good i like that